Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We are your host, Chris Schubert. Just floating around producing this thing. We are all from the Draft Network, and we are brought to you by Bet Online, which is your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And, of course, it is your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, free contests, live sports, and giveaways all season long. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on sports including MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy national Joe becomes a published author day to you. Go Bills is available now. I feel very Thank confident you. giving you a round of applause because we sussed out my microphone volume status, so I'm not going to blow everybody's <laughs> eardrums out. Nope, nobody would even know. But you are f- great. That's the best you've ever sounded with the with the clapping. So very good. Yes, great, grand. Congratulations, Joe. I know it was a labor of love. Very excited for you and uh, excited for the mafia to get their hands on your book. Yeah. And even if you're not a member of the mafia. I'd kindly encourage you to support Joe Marino because he's a great guy and uh, one of the smartest football people that I know. Well, you can get the book, buffalobillsbook.com. You can get it at, at Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and Target, but go to the publisher, buffalobillsbook.com. Would appreciate it. Uh, Thanks, everyone. I respectfully disagree. Why? If I, can you... go to a, if I can go to a retail store and find your freaking book on the shelf oh, and buy it in person, how freaking cool would that be? I'm guessing... <laughs> I'm guessing if you're not in the Buffalo, New York area, like if you're listening and you're in Texas, I'm not sure you can do that. Um, But if you are in the Buffalo area, you should be able to get it off the shelf. Very good. Uh, It's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. So how do you guys want to do this? We got got to check the tape and we have a brand new tier maker. The tier maker might take a while. Do you want to do that first? Do you want to do that second? I think it's probably safe to do that first yeah that's just gonna take a while i think 32 names it might take us a little bit so i think that's fair and so for those who i don't know why you wouldn't have listened to last wednesday show but in case you did and you just missed it we tiered the progress of all of the 2022 first round picks through four games right we we tiered them on a god tier exceeding expectations meeting expectations below expectations or no impact those were the tiers those were the buckets that we put all those players in and we decided let's use a bigger sample size let's go back to the 2021 nfl draft and take those 32 players and put them in the in those same buckets with a bigger sample size so that's what we did here today and i will ask the same question that I asked you guys last week when we did this, 
how many players are in the God tier for you? Two. Two tree? Ooh, I got four. Two tree? Okay, this would be fun. I was close on a couple that I put in exceeding expectations. So uh, as as we went through... Chris, do you have Elijah Vera Tucker in the God tier? I do not. Based off what he's done the last three weeks. I do not. Are you sure? Positive. Okay. I'm willing to... I'm willing to have my mind change as we go. Like last week, I changed probably like a couple as we yeah, as we discussed through it. So two tree. Where do we start with the number one overall pick in the 2021 well, NFL draft? Real quick for everybody, the the five tiers are no impact, below expectations, meeting expectations, exceeding expectations, and God. Yes, now I'm ready. Did I not just do that? I don't know. He did. did you? He did. Oh, okay, oh, I just I literally said the buckets, and that's what you interrupted me for. Okay. The first overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars took Trevor Lawrence. Meeting expectations. Meeting expectations. Thank goodness he had a good start to the year. Because if That's he did not, we would we would not be here. Maybe not so much the last two games, which I yeah. Well, you know, they also played in a hurricane <laughs> and he fumbled four times. I'm a little lax on that con- contextual football. So meeting uh, expectations. Zach, Zach Wilson. Below expectations. Uh, he's fringe. He's played reasonably well. Doesn't have a good, has not had a good supporting cast. Obviously has a better supporting cast this year. I will say meeting expectations for Zach Wilson. Uh, that's where I put him. That's where I put him. Yeah. He's a starting quarterback in the NFL. That's what my friend Joe always said. If you're a starter, you in their meeting expectations tier. So that's right. I, I don't think it. he's been a good starter and I didn't feel comfortable putting oh, him so, with, uh, so now with Trevor Lawrence or now, the other quarterback that I may have in meeting expectations. Okay. All right. Trey Lance, number three. No impact. No impact. No impact. That's where he goes. Yes, Joe. Thank you. You're, you've turned the corner. You're using the correct methodology welcome. now. Welcome, welcome to Joe. the Welcome to, to the, the correct light. way to use that bucket. Yes, thank you. Kyle Pitts, number four. <laughs> I put meeting expectations. Below expectations, and it's not his fault, but it's oh, below expectations. Oh, Chris, no, this is a full body of work, dude. No, it's not. He's, he, no, he's below expectations. You draft a guy this high, he's got to be the focal point of your offense. He's, he's like not. the it's not... second tight end in the history to have a 1,000 yards yeah. his rookie it, season. It's not, it's not his fault, but it's below expectations. The only reason yeah, I didn't put him in exceeding. Month of the season. The only reason I didn't put him in exceeding expectations is because he only has one touchdown catch. Isn't that weird? Super That's weird. That's weird, right? Yeah. Think all the tight ends in the red zone play above the rim. Atlanta's like, nah, nah. Uh, he's meeting ex- he's meeting expectations because he was billed as a generational tight end prospect, and he has been a generational tight end prospect who Arthur Smith just does not want to give the football to now. In 2022, Jamar Chase, 2021 season. I put exceeding expectations. Yeah, that's fair. He's been a little quiet. Yeah, to but. start the year, he's also commanding a lot of respect from opposing teams. So yeah, I, I think a, that that is worth noting. And I put a lot more stock into last year than this year. You know, like the full body of work. It's seventeen games versus five. The first member of my God tier, Jamar Chase. Oh, how God many did you tier. have? Two, two, three. He had I have four, three. He said. I have four. So oh, I have three okay. more. After All right, this, this makes sense. This checks out. So, All right. So I think I think it's reasonable. I don't think I'm being egregious putting Jamar yeah, in there. You put Kyle Pitts below expectations it, and put Jamar Chase in the right, God okay, tier. Okay. Okay. You know what? 
you can convince me. I will move Kyle Pitts up. Kyle Pitts will be moved to the meeting expectations here. If Joe's allowed to change his list while we go and is is able to be convinced, I can be convinced as well. Kyle Pitts moves into the meeting expectations. Okay. Okay. I think that I think that's a little bit more reasonable. I mean, let's just call it as it is. Chase has 36 touches in five games and is averaging less than 10 yards per touch this season. Right? And I understand you're shading the safety that way and all that jazz. And I understand it was incredible last year. But the production is way down. And it should be because he's getting extra attention in some of his yards after catch that he posted last year on breaking three tackles on post routes and slant routes and then running for 80-yard touchdowns. Mm -hmm. That's high-variance results. So you can't rely on that week to week. So... He's exceeding expectations because he's already got 1,800 yards and he's played in 22 games. Yeah. It's been excellent. But yeah. the, the impact this year, I think, precluded him from being in the God tier for me. J- uh, Jalen Waddell. Exceeding expectations. Exceeding expectations. Exceeding expectations, yes. Not That's... bad for a gadget receiver, huh, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Dumbest bad. take I've ever heard in my life. Penny Sewell. Exceeding expectations. He was closer to God tier than Chase for me. Same. Once he turned the corner about halfway through his rookie season, he's been really good. He's been good this year, too. He's he's exceeding expectations. Uh, J.C. Horn. Below expectations. He's playing really well this year, but he had an entire lost season. But Joe, he's supposed to. If you're if you're taken in the first round of the NFL draft, you're supposed to be a starter. I, my friend told me that one time. He's well, he is. He he started every game he's been healthy for, right? I mean, if you go ba- just when he's on the field, he's meeting expectations. But layering in that he missed like almost all of last season, yeah, I put him in below. So That's, however you want to spin that, I I, I put, put him in meeting below. expectations and chose it not to to punish him for the the injury. That's all. That's what that's what I did as well. So. All right. But uh, Joe, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. I was just giving you a hard time. Uh, Patrick Sertan the second, God tier. Put him in the God tier. That's right, player number two for me in the God tier. I put him in exceeding expectations, Dude. and I wrestled with God tier. Well, Joey, come wrestle, on, wrestle your come way on. in there with us, Joe. Come All on. right, I'll go. I'll go. You don't have to twist. He's my been arm. so good. I don't want to be the excellent. one guy that had him in God tier. He's been excellent. I just did that with Jamar Chase, Joe. You sometimes you got to right. be on an island, okay? I was in an island not being in the God tier. <laughs> now he is. I'm getting Remember I'm how remember like the goofy speed question with him? And then he came out and he ran like a high four four anyway, but like you still kind of heard it. It's just a he's, he's been player, phenomenal. Man. Yeah, the instincts are just off the charts. Devonta Smith. Meeting expectations. Meeting expectations. I didn't. I put Devonta Smith in exceeding expectations. I couldn't find where I put him, but that feels like a mistake on my part. He should be in meeting expectations. Wow. I put him in the wrong bucket. He's, it's fixed. Don't Everything's be okay. On an island, he says. Everything. No, no, no. I just put him in the wrong bucket. I was copying and pasting names. It gets a little crazy in here. Um, Justin Fields. Below, Below expectations. expectations. Below expectations. Especially for us. What we thought of Justin Fields coming out. Wow. Wow. Put him on a different team. Micah Parsons. God dear. God tier. There's my third God tier player. Ray Sean Slater. God. Meeting expectations. That's oh, my fourth. Really? Joe, that's Joe, that's my fourth God tier player. That's how I got to four. Slater Kyle's like, well. nah, I'm good. I know he's hurt. He's been very good. But up, but up very until good this nicer. point. 
I don't. I can't look forward. Okay. He, up until this point, God's your player. Now you do this All at right. the end of the year. Yeah, he's going to be now in just probably the exceeding expectations here because he got hurt. Okay, I will amend, and I will come up to exceeding expectations because some people thought he was a guard, and then he got drafted to play tackle, and everybody got worried about that. He was really good, but I thought he'd be really good. So, uh, from a big picture perspective, I will move Rayshon Slater into above expectations. Exceeding Elijah Vera Tucker. Exceeding expectations. Go ahead, Joe. The floor is yours. I talk put about him the in whole exceeding investment. expectations. Talk about the whole investment. No, I can't do it. Uh, I'm. I can't. Because it's not aging well for you. That's why. <laughs> I have been exceeding expectations as well. The guy's played four different positions this year. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. He's played both tackle spots. Guard. He's played. He's played left guard last year, right guard this year. Both tackle spots. Ha- I, I, hasn't allowed a sack at any one of the spots. You're in exceeding expectations. Yeah. Exceeding uh, expectations. Mac Jones, McCorkle Jones, meeting expectations. That's where I had him as well. We expected him to be a Pro Bowl quarterback, right? <laughs> was he really? That's what cool? he is. He a Pro Bowl quarterback, yeah. Oh, because he was, he was, we got down the <laughs> chain of alternates, right? That was what happened. Joe, all I know is that here on the Wikipedia page for the 2021 right, NFL yes. draft, we got the little, but, the little gold box here that <laughs> indicates that Mac Jones was a Pro Bowl player and he's a T, uh, uh, an NFL 100. I almost called him a TD 100. <laughs> I don't know if he was TD 100. Yeah, he was. He was in like the, the, the back third. Um, NFL 100 player, top 100 player in year one as a rookie. Wow. Mac Jones. That's expectations. He met those expectations. Don't do this. I'm just asking. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. He met my expectations. And and, and in my criteria of, of evaluating his performance, he's met them. Zaven Collins. Below, Below expectations. expectations. Below expectations. Oh, bummer for Chris. Mid the first mid major. <laughs> we didn't have it. No, uh, yeah, no, because North Dakota State's not a mid major, and that and, also... and then you, as much as you try to claim BYU is a mid major, it. Oh, my bad. quarterback, my so... quarterback. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex Leatherwood. Ooh. Is there something worse than no no impact? <laughs> no, but that's where I put him there because it's the lowest tier in the bucket. So that's right. you get cut from your team, you get to be you put in make this it bucket. A, year two with your team right. so, that so needs you. you. Right, you go with no that off with that offensive line. They didn't even roster him. <laughs> Said, get out of here. Shout out no Dylan Parham, playing well for the Raiders. That's right. Uh, Jalen Phillips of your Miami Dolphins. Meeting expectations. Meeting expectations. He's flashing a lot more than the production would would suggest. Uh, but he's ten sacks he, last year, right? Like all right, yeah, nine sacks last year. I guess oh, I'm, wasn't on, that I, I'm, that I'm on an island all by myself. What'd you put him in? He's in my exceeding expectations bucket. Oh, and I just wish the sack production was there. But with the Dolphins secondary being what it is right now, they're they going to play really soft on the back end. So they're you can go beyond stats quick. for this, Kyle. You don't have to just look at the box score. You no, know? I understand. You watch, you watch the games. He's been an impactful player for the Dolphins. I think he's meeting Jamin Davis. Below, Below expectations. expectations. Below expectations. Yes. Kadarius Tony. I'm intrigued to see what we do here. Below, Below expectations. expectations. No impact. No impact. <laughs> oh, come on. Okay. He had like one 100-yard game. He was on the Darius uh, Slayton plan. Like I said, no <laughs> impact. Kadarius Tony. No impact. Get out of here. On. Hold on. Let me make sure I just get it right. 
You draft a guy in, in the first round as a wide receiver. I got to get more out of you than what I've gotten. It was specifically right, in the I, context of all the nothing, other receivers, right? sir. He played like he's played like 400, 350 snaps. Great. What are you doing when you're out there with him? Zero. No impact. He's got four hundred twenty receiving yards in his career. Yeah, he's played in twelve games. Like that's more than none. What's right. he doing now for a team that desperately needs wide receivers? His help? hamstrings right are shot. Oh, great. So that's what you get puts you in the no impact tier. Okay. Okay. This feels personal from Chris. Yeah, yeah I don't know what it is. But, you know, Rob Juden must no, have I, made him mad. No, I just it's just if you're not on the field, you go with no impact. I'm sorry. It's that's just fine. how it works. It's fine. It's fine. Goody pay. Meeting expectations. Meeting expectations. This was a weird one for me. I put him in meeting expectations. I didn't feel it, I, one way or the other about him. So that's to me when I when that's what I come back to. I just put you in the meeting expectations bucket. I mean, he he was off to a really good start this year. He had three sacks in five games. Has a high ankle sprain. He'll probably miss the next month or so. But um, yeah, he 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 really looked apart. I thought it's just now you know he's quiet as a rookie, which wasn't necessarily surprising. Looked to turn the corner, and now he's missing time. So meeting expectations. Caleb Farley. Below expectations. Below expectations. I guess you, you might be able to make a case here for no impact. That's where I've got him. Tony no play. impact. Yep. He's the Kadarius Tony fund. No impact for Caleb Farley. Christian Darasaw. Meeting expectations. Meeting expectations. Meeting expectations. It feels as though now with a bigger sample size, we are more in agreement than we were last week. Like it feels like with the. Yeah, this is pretty. Games. It's a lot more cut and dry, I think. Yeah. Uh, Najee Harris. This was going to be intriguing. Below expectations. expectations. Oh, he put below. Is that because you're you're a first round running back? You're averaging like 4.1 yards per touch (gasps) across like you want to talk about sample sizes. Nobody in this class has got a bigger sample size than Najee Harris. He's still a starting caliber running back. He gets the meeting expectations. Chris. Do you draft a starting caliber running back at twenty two overall? I didn't. I didn't do it, but they did, and they got a starting caliber player, and that's what that the, the Joe Marino plan is. We got to put him at in the that position. You got to hold him to. You got to hold him no. to a higher aspiration than three point two yards per carry. Is second season and three point nine yards per. He's averaging forty four yards per per game rushing the football this year. That's fine. Your logic better be consistent with the next player, Travis Etienne. You know, you know what he is right now. He's on the Peyton Barber track. Woo! Chris, you you <laughs> Chris won't appreciate know. that. You won't appreciate that. But Joe, eighty-two touches in five games, three point five yards per touch. Ooh, he's worse than he's below the Peyton Barber line. Right. <laughs> Do we just come up with the or our version of the Mendoza line for running backs? Oh, yes. Well, we've had it for it a is. while. We just need to loop you in on it. So real quick, because we're I've we're only been on the re- show for two years now. Well, goes Peyton back Barber. <laughs> I've only known you guys for what five, six years. I know, now but it point. didn't come up in a one-off conversation. Sorry. The um, I was spelling it with an A. That's why. What a what jackass are we, what, I am. Are you, okay, you're sidebarring us here. Okay, I just wanted to. Make yeah, sure. well, no, because we're making pretty good time. Through sure. we're averaging less than a minute per pick right now. Uh, the Peyton Barber line. In 2018, Peyton Barber carried the ball 234 times and logged 20 receptions. He had 254 touches on the season. Okay, over 250. Chris, how many yards did Peyton Barber have that season? (laughs) He had 
250, 254 touches. That includes receptions, which he had 20 of. So I will tell you that I, I'm, I'm leaning into the fact that if it's the Peyton Barber line, this is not going to be very good. So I'm going to say he had 500 yards. Oh, you went there and then some. He had 936 yards from scrimmage. Okay. 3.8 yards per touch on 254 touches. That is an obscene amount of volume for a player that effectively gives you next to nothing from a productivity standpoint per touch of the football. 3.8, including receptions. And Najee Harris, through five games, is below that line. He is averaging... 3.5 3.5 on 82 touches. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. And, oh, by the way, Najee has 13 receptions. Peyton Barber had 20 in a season. And he's still averaging worse. Below expectations. First round running back. As a recent keep... opponent of Najee Harris, I uh, was not nervous about their their second year first round running back. Speaking of second-year first-round running backs, Travis Etienne is the next pick. I have him in the meeting expectations bucket. Below expectations. Oh, yeah. that's He's tough because the injury. He had his best game last week against Houston. Um, I still say below expectations. Because in the five games that he's played, he's broken double-digit carries twice. Right? Now, he's getting touches because he gets gets about three catches per game. But are you drafting a first-round running back to touch the ball four times, nine times, eight times, ten times, and then you right. kind of flirted with converting him to wide receiver anyway? It's just not a like top-three option for the offense. You know, that's right. like that's not a good spot to be. Right. You've convinced me. I've, I've moved him. Below expectations. Welcome. Welcome. Uh, Greg Newsom the second. Meeting expectations. Meeting expectations. Clean sweep for Greg. Rashad Bateman. I wrestled with this one. I really did. I put him in meeting. That's where I have him, but he's played so good this year. Yeah. I wanted to reward he that. He has, and you, he's he's also more explosive than I think we anticipated he would be. Like he like we went into this this season with the Ravens, going, man, who's going to be their guy after Mark Andrews? And like Rashad Bateman was like, "Don't forget about me." Through the first five games, he's like, "I'm still here." Like he's been he's been excellent for them. I, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change it, but I I just will say I wrestled with putting him in exceeding expectations for what he's provided for this team. And he had eleven catches in four games. Like I mean, that's not that great, man. Like he's he's been an answer, but. Eleven catches in four games, like well, and right, and like last year, he didn't, he he wasn't this kind of impact. So it's like, okay, balance it all out, meeting expectations. Did By the he end, burn me on a bet. He burned me on a bet last year because he was hurt. Uh, I believe he did. Yeah, I believe he did burn you on a bet. I'll check it out though while we're while we're talking about uh, Peyton Turner of the New Orleans Saints. Below expectations. Below expectations. Yep, below expectations. Saints and those edge rushers, man. <laughs> Eric Stokes. Edge rushers. Meeting expectations. Meeting expectations. Yep. Meeting expectations for Eric Stokes. Gregory Rousseau. I have exceeding expectations. Forgive me, but I will dunk here and say meeting expectations because I really liked Greg coming out. 
That's where I have him as well, Kyle. Well, I think the reason I went exceeding here is because he's been an instant impact player that I didn't anticipate after one year of production at defensive end and then taking a year off, 17-game starter. I think he's got like four sacks to start this year. I mean, he's been very, very big-time plays. But I didn't expect it this early. We had two Rashad Bateman bets at TDN. We had the... We had the Joe Kyle. Wow, you really you really went all in on the Kyle the anti Kyle Pitts thing, because you had a we had a rookie receiving battle Pitts versus Bateman. Joe had Pitts, Kyle had Bateman, and then you had the Kyle Pitts bet with me, Kyle, and then I had a bet with Jamie over Rashad Bateman's fan uh, fantasy target share. I had him as top two on Baltimore. Jamie took the field. I was to quote my friend Kyle. I was a year behind. I was a year off the plan. <laughs> Doesn't feel good when your process is good and like you've right, proven feels right over time, but it's 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 kind of hollow. But at the same, I'll time, tell you what, your the, process the, was good. The Joe Chris bet from last year, in which I said the 49ers will have more wins than the Rams, I was a year off on so far. <laughs> You're looking good for your Falcons, though. I'll tell you that. Unless the process that, catch lightning in a bottle here. Process there was pretty good. Uh, we got a couple more here. Odafe Owe for the Baltimore Ravens. Meeting expectations. Meeting expectations. And then Joe Tryon Shoyanka. Meeting expectations. Meeting, Meeting expectations, expectations, but on the lower end of that. He yeah. splashed early, uh, but he has not necessarily sustained that in what could have been exceeding expectations. Oh, so there you have it. Tier Maker Wednesday, the 2021 NFL first round draft class, how they have performed so far. This was a very fun exercise. I enjoy forcing myself to put these players into buckets and really think about it. It was a lot of fun. Time to check the tape. Yeah, guys, you got a couple prospects. You told me in the pre-show, not teams, prospects this week on the show. That's right. Yes. Joseph, why don't you go ahead and lead us off, my guy? Oh, you want me to go first? All right. So a couple weeks of NFL team studies um, we shared on Check the Tape, so I wanted to kind of lean into a prospect that got me excited recently that I watched, and his name is hard to pronounce. His name is Henry Bainavalu. Henry Bainavalu, he's an interior offensive lineman from Washington. Checks in a little over 6'6", 330 pounds, 34 and 5'8 on the arms. So, like, he's he looks like a tackle. He's built like a tackle, but he's almost exclusively played right guard for Washington. Um, I think he's a guard. Like, he plays really well at guard. Uh, so, I, I, I like him there, uh, despite – kind of having a tackle frame. Um, He's only played like 50 snaps in his career at tackle, and it's been several years. Uh, Played varsity football as a high school freshman. He wrestled and threw shot put and discus in high school in addition to football. You you always love that wrestling background in offensive linemen, particularly ones that are 6'6", over 6'6". I think that helps them um, with leverage, right? That's one of your concerns with taller offensive linemen is can they – play with good leverage and I think you do get that from Henry Bainavalu um he's been he started every game since 2020 and the growth year over year has been really really good um this is what I'll say about him he's always square the dude is always square where he needs to be um has good length he's a smooth operator he's always under control good foot speed can slide and stay square good range has good mass. Now he's not an absolute mauler like you might want for a 330 pound guard, 
but he creates enough displacement and he complements that with control timing and just consistency with his body positioning that you don't really get concerned that he's not a guy that's just going to rock everybody off the, off the ball. Um, so maybe he's more of a fit for zone schemes. I can live with that, but I, I'm not concerned about his power. It's just not a strength of his game. Um, you could tell he's an experienced player because there's just such an awareness about him when, uh, working through pressure packages that are presented to him. He just kind of knows how to solve problems on the offensive line. His exchanges are really good. Uh, The way that he takes care of the first level before getting to the second level, there's just a lot of nuance and smartness and timing to the way that he plays. And so I think as a guy that is probably a day two pick, there's starter traits here. There's going to be good value. And we haven't loved this interior offensive line class so it was really good to see Bainavalu because I think he really helps elevate this group for me and a player that I got really excited about having gotten to him this week. Bainavalu, is that correct? I think so. It's B-A-I-N-I-V-A-L-U. Okay. So if you did a TDM 100 update right now, yeah, is he on your ballot? Yeah, he's in. Okay. He's in. Yeah. What What is the game? that kind of spoke the most to you? Probably UCLA 2022, Michigan State 2022, both really good performances for him. I, I Here's what I feel confident saying about him is I'm pretty sure you could pop on just about any game and you're going to see consistency. And that's what I noticed game over game from what I studied with him is like, this is the same player. And I was really excited to kind of get to the Michigan State tape to kind of get away from the Pac-12 and he was the same player and so uh, a lot of consistency with with this guy very few like if I'm searching for like gripes like I wish he was more powerful Uh, maybe I wish his punch was slightly more aggressive maybe being a little bit more consistent, getting his feet moved when guys get to his edges. We're talking minor gripes. I think this is a really polished player that is going to make a team happy on day two and get it, they're going to get a start. So, I guess in the spectrum of guys that we've associated, and this is something that, I've been doing the last couple of weeks and I know we talked about it with Ray last week and kind of reassessing what we thought we knew about players at certain positions and what we bet on in the summer and all that kind of stuff. I guess as you hold him up to guys who were in that top 100 tiers into your offensive lineman coming in, whether that's uh, the Alabama kids, Ecoyer and, and Cohen or Michael Schmitz at um, Minnesota, or Andrew Voorhees at USC. Like, where does he, in your mind, stack relative to those players? Just got, I'm obviously hearing he's in top 100 is great, but where does your shifting opinions on a lot of those other players? Because that's kind of the frame of the conversation that I want to have about check the tape with the guys that I want to talk about. Yeah, so for me, I think my IOL one right now is John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota, uh, then Andrew Voorhees at USC, and then probably Osiris Torrance from Florida, 
Cedric Van Pran. This is kind of where we get into that range. I have him above the Alabama guys, but kind of in that, okay, do I like him better than Cedric Van Pran from Georgia? So he'll be above. Yeah, he'll be the top above five the, interior offensive lineman right now. He'll be, he'll be five. He'll be five. Which is ahead of the Alabama players, ahead of Texas A&M players, ahead of Braden Daniels, Cooper Beebe, those types of guys. You play left or right? I don't see any reason why he couldn't. He's primarily been a right guard. Okay. Some of our teams may be in the market for a guard this offseason, so I'm just asking. I think both, I think both of us, sir, are uh, going to be looking for one of those. So, uh, You ain't starting Lee Meikenberg, so. Nope, not not right now. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> so check him out. Henry Bainavalu, good player out of Washington. Chris, any questions for Joe? No, I was doing some research on him while uh, while you were talking. I did not know. Local kid. Went to high school there in Washington. It's from Washington. Plays for Washington. That's a very cool little... I always like stories like that where like you, you go to the school where you grew up by. That's, that's cool. I got two names for Check the Tape. But they're kind of cut from the same cloth, if you will. They're on the other side of the ball. Uh, they are hybrid defensive linemen. Uh, but they're players that I find myself very quickly buying in and pushing my chips all the way in on, um, especially in the midst of kind of this race to play two high safety shells and dictate pass routes and being able to still win up front with less bodies in the box. And that's obviously the big appeal of like Jordan Davis being drafted in the first round and the nature in which he was, was, what he brings from a, a three-down skill set perspective and somebody who can occupy gaps up front and allow you to play later in the box and still be able to defend the run. Uh, these players aren't Jordan Davis-type players, uh, but they are players who I think can play interior or exterior at the next level. And they're both going to be top 32 projections from me on the latest TDM 100 update. I am looking at Tyree Wilson of Texas Tech, and I'm looking at Brandon Dorless from Oregon. And both of these cats are super, super athletic for their size and their stature and their length. And they're both around 280 pounds. They're both 6'4", 6'5", somewhere in that range. They're both very long. They've both been super productive. Tyree Wilson came into this season with... Um, what he had 16 and a half, 17, eight, he had 18 sacks coming into or 18 tackles for loss coming into this year. He has nine tackles for loss in six games for Texas tech this year. He had 10 sacks coming into this year. He has six sacks in six games this year. Very impactful player. The short area explosiveness an ability to drive and reset the line of scrimmage. It really flashes. Now, Texas Tech does some stuff with their defensive front that doesn't necessarily consistently allow him to play in a penetration role and get upfield quickly and, and have even more production. But I think that's what's super exciting is you are now seeing elite levels of production from Tyree Wilson at 6'5", 275, 34-plus inch arms in the midst of a defense that doesn't necessarily always ask him to do that for the betterment of playing team defense in the big 12. Now in the same conversation with Brandon Dorless in the PAC 12, 
285. Um, in six games, he, he's on pace to more than double his career totals in both sacks and tackles for loss, um, his previous career highs in a single season. And I know he was one of those players who we put on the tape against Washington State to study Cam Ward. And next thing you know, Brandon Dorless is the player that we're looking at and pointing out on every single play for just the flashed reactive quickness, the first step explosiveness. But then when the quarterback gets off his spot, his ability to flatten and pursue and uh, mirror. And it's it shows a lot of Eric Armstead and a lot of DeForest Buckner as guys who have played at Oregon in or- Oregon's defensive system and uh, Dorless was a player who was originally a defensive tackle and has since moved outside on the edge. And he looks physically, he is built just like those guys, Buckner and Armstead. So these are two players for me that, you know, they, they came in and they didn't really have high levels of sack production. And that was kind of one of the questions about both of them. And then you kind of have questions about their ability as quote unquote tweeners, or if they have a true position, but I think the trends of the league, make players like this really attractive. And now they're coming out and they're, they're posting productive seasons that that's really, I think going to put them on the map. And I think they're both going to test astronomically good when their time comes in the off season as well. I love Tyree Wilson, man. I love him. He, uh, to your point about the production, he's basically already met last year's entire season in half a production in half a in half the season. Yeah, exactly that. And I got a chance to watch the NC State game and the Kansas State games. And uh he was a difference maker, man. Uh I think his I think it's not it hasn't come like in bunches either. It's been very consistent yeah. week in week and to, week, week out. Week to week to week to week. Uh, he's sick he's sixteenth on my my updated ballot. Yeah. I I I think he's been around there for me. Um big he was fan, tw- man. Twenty seventh previously. Oh my, just to, so maybe I'm a little behind you, but no, that's the top half of the first round right yeah. now for Tyree. He's that type of guy. There's no, he's not like the, to kind of go back to the, the earlier conversation we had about the 2021 first round. He's not like that Peyton Wilson, Joe Tryon, you sneak him in, right? Like this is a firm middle of the first round and yes. arrow pointing up type player. I, I recently did doorless. And I think I just need to see more. Um, I didn't. You said you you did the Washington State game. Highly recommend the Washington State. Game. Okay, because I don't think that was the one I watched. Can I think I did. Me. I did Georgia. Well, that was yeah. The one I, I'm sure. Yeah, the, I did. I'm sure he looked like crap <laughs> against Georgia because everybody on that defense did against Georgia. <laughs> I no. I, I'll tell you. I did Georgia and BYU were the two games that I did. I so I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get to Washington State. So sounds like I need to to keep going there because I didn't. I didn't not like them but I didn't quite feel the same way that you do right now. If that makes sense. Chris can testament to this. He was there for that film study. We, I think we've talked about this before. This was, this was part of the Cam Ward film study that devolved into let's also watch <laughs> doorless. Like that's what happens when you do this. But yeah, the Washington state game, Joe highly recommend. Well, we'll the get other, to it. the other guy they have there, DJ Johnson flashed mm-hmm. a bit too. Number two. So they, um, I know everybody kind of got sour about Oregon because they got boat raced by Georgia at the beginning of the year, but I think Gonzalez has stabilized 
his play. Dorless has stabilized his play. DJ Johnson has stabilized his play. Justin Flo at a pick six against Washington State. Honestly, the guy everybody was highest on has probably been the worst one out of the group. Sewell. And Noah Sewell. Yeah. You know who their next game is? USC? Nope. No, they, no, Utah a, plays USC. They have UCLA? a week off. They play UCLA on the 22nd. Oh, oh their boy. Next contest. Yeah, big one. That's, big that's, one. What day of the week is that? Uh, that is a Saturday. Oh, put that on Friday night so we can watch it. And it's um, not this weekend, but next weekend? Not this weekend, but next weekend. Oregon does not play this weekend. So the 22nd. The 22nd. I'm going to have to clear my calendar. Where's that at? Is that at Eugene? It's in Eugene. I wonder what that flight is right now. Gas prices are down. Just fly <laughs> out. Are you thinking about driving? So if gas, so if I gas ain't driving. Were, if gas prices were reasonable, you would have driven? I don't really understand. No, no, the- no, no, no. But like plane tickets have a correlation to gas price too. You know... You need you need about four thousand gallons of gas for uh, you. You know this okay. for every for every half hour, right? Uh, no, that'll get you that'll get you ninety minutes of flight time. Uh, four thousand so, gallons. Can, yeah. can, can we you contextualize the, the yeah. comment? Can we that, close that the show please? with this story, please? <laughs> uh, I don't I don't love being the storyteller, but I I think um, I, I mean think I it happened to, to you, so yeah, yeah. it happened. It concerned me. I was concerned for you as your friend. Yeah, so my flight uh, to Tuscaloosa was uh, was a little bit delayed, uh, delayed about an hour, and, and the reason was because uh, they uh, needed to get another 500 gallons of gas in in the tank, and so you know they're like, hey, we gotta we gotta get the people over here to get us some more gas. Well, um, as it turned out, the sensor wasn't reading correctly. They had four thousands of ga- four thousand gallons of gas in the airplane which is enough to fly for 90 minutes. And my flight was expected to be 60 minutes. So they, they had enough and they were nervous if they put another 500 gallons in that they'd be too heavy to land the plane. And so, um, Chris, I appreciate his concern, uh, for not having a, a ton of wiggle. Right. I don't, here's the, what I didn't like about this is you put this in the thread and I was with Kyle because Kyle and I had gotten there the day before. And I just turned to Kyle and I say, I don't like the wiggle room that they're operating with here, that they've only given Not themselves a large mar- margin for error here. Right. Like if the sensor's off by a little bit, we've only got 30 minutes here to really correct. And I was a little concerned for you, but everything was fine. You know, you know, I, when I flew back from Greece a couple years ago, we were supposed to land in Philadelphia and we wound up having to circle around Baltimore for like a long time because they didn't, burn enough fuel when the plane was too heavy to land you ever been in this situation no what's that like tell me you just fly in a circle i recently experienced this for a different reason i was leaving miami to fly home and we get up in the air and it's it's the same day as the game right so this this was when they played the patriots they play at one o'clock i walk back to my airbnb record my podcast I get in the Uber at five o'clock oh, for at the airport by yep. yeah, I'm back I'm to the, the airport and through security by six 30. I eat dinner, get on the, on the plane, they take off and we just go, you know, we, you know, you can feel it kind of level up as you go and kind of up mm-hmm. 5,000 feet, flatten out up 5,000 feet level out. Well, we did it twice and then we just made a right hand turn out over the Atlantic ocean. No, wait. That's, that's and not a good place GPS to make pilot. And, <laughs> and, and now turn. you're doing circles off the coast over the water. 
And then they come on and they said, yeah, we, um, we hit a bird on the way up and <laughs> we need to land the plane to make sure that there's no damage to the windshield. So we're going to be landing back at Fort Lauderdale and we will have more information for you then. So I guess they were afraid mm. the bird like cracked the windshield or something. And if they would have got all the way up, it would have broke the pressure would have broken the windshield. So they had oh, to fly, like land the plane back down. And we sat on the plane for about 45 minutes and they're like, all right, here's the deal. We found a new plane. Everybody get off your new gate. And we're leaving in 30 minutes is all the way over at the other end of the airport. So we all had to deplane sprint over there they were in the process of boarding as you were walking up to the gate so like as people were getting off the plane and walking over they were immediately rolling them on it was a total chaos situation but uh yeah that that whole circling over the water thing it's not fun it's not fun well, what kind of what kind of bird are you hitting in the air that that can do this type a, of damage i think it was, was it an ostrich pterod- in the I think air it was a pterodactyl or something i'm what? not sure this wasn't your common sparrow or titmouse, you know what I mean? No, it's no tufted titmouses or blue-footed no. boobies or anything no, like that. None of that. No. <laughs> All right, are we are we done here now? I think avid bird. <laughs> Listen, Chris, don't feel like you got to tag an explicit on that. If any non-avid bird watchers are unfamiliar with blue-footed boobies, they should look right. it up. Right, Kyle. You don't know about this, Chris, but Chris, a uh, Kyle. Avid Kyle's bird. a big bird watcher. Bird, catalogs bird him. Well, he's a he's an ex Boy Scout, so I would assume yeah. he's got that oh, Eagle Scout. No, you're never an ex Boy Scout. You're in it for life. Try to hand this guy a knife without uh, him saying thank you. It won't happen. Yeah, got to lock eye contact. Securely grab the handle. Always pass a, a knife handle first. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not safe because then somebody might grab the blade. So firmly lock eyes and say thank you and nod to affirm that you have control of the knife, and then you may take the knife. Bend down this road. This is what happens when we finish <laughs> sooner, sooner than we anticipate. Yeah, we're talking bird watching and airplanes, airplanes and hitting birds and. <laughs> All right, well, it's uh, that's going to do it for us today on Draft Dudes, Cow Crabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks for checking out the show. Thanks for friends over at Ben Online for their continued support of the podcast. Make it a great rest of your day. We will talk with you all again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.